The Secret World Chronicle, a podcast novel series created by Mercedes Lackey and Steve Lippin. Presenting Book Two, The Hunt. Working for a Living, Part Two. Written by Steve Libby. Read by Veronica Jaguer. Fifteen minutes later, Ramona stood in the parking lot of the last team member's current location, and it was the last place she expected to be. Her call to Echo had produced a helicopter and a pickup squad. Flack, Mercury's squad leader, but Ramona put that out of her mind. Silent Knight, the mind reader she requested, pensive. One team member that worried her was the new damage control officer, Belladonna Blue, who was on probation for flouting procedure. And Southwind, on whom the operation hinged, had gone AWOL. The remaining couple of the four winds was out of the country on leave. I have to have a telekinetic. I'll settle for a carrier some teenager's poltergeist. Anyone. Southwind's the only one, the dispatcher assured her. He's your man, if you can call him that. Ramona didn't know if it was a crack about Southwind's sexual orientation or his alien appearance. I have an hour and a half to nail this perp, and he's the only one who can do it. Like I said, his comm has been off for days. The dispatcher lowered his voice. There are rumors, though. And thus, Ramona strode up to the burly shirtless bouncer at Menergy. Looking for Southwind. You can't miss him. Eight feet tall, bald, looks like he double-parked his flying saucer. Not here. The bouncer had to raise his voice to be heard over the pumping Eurodisco music. He wore leather pants and suspenders that didn't conceal his nipple rings. I can't let you in. What? We're at capacity. You'll have to wait. She blinked. The dimly lit dance floor could have fit a bulldozer in between dancing couples. Ramona drew herself up. Do you know who I am? Don't care, sister. Oh, you will. Because either I pull out my echo ID and pull rank, or I pull out my echo sidearm, drop you like a frickin' roach, and write a report about how you interfered with a peace officer in the course of performing her duty. She gave him a steely glare. The first choice hurts less and involves no paperwork. His jaw twitched. Well? I promised Ray he'd be left alone. The man's face softened. He's in mourning. We all are. Then he'll want to hear what I have for him. A little chance for revenge. The bouncer stood aside. Second red door on the right. Knock first. Ramona passed through the barroom quickly. By her estimation, she was the only female in the room. Menergy appeared to gator to the macho gay crowd. Black leather and facial hair abounded, though there were a selection of young men decidedly more effeminate than the bouncer and his ilk. The room carried a grim desperation not unlike happy hour at any bar. She pounded on the second red door. Occupied! The voice was a familiar voice. Ray, it's Ramona Ferrari. We have a situation and you're needed. The voice was slurred in a comic parody of intoxication. Who? Oh, Christ, get lost. Ramona tried the handle. 
someone or something held it firm. Either come out or let me in, Ray. The metahuman barked harsh laughter. I came out a long, long time ago, long before I turned into a freak. Leave me alone. She glanced at her watch. Ten minutes had already been lost with this unsavory detour. The amusement in the copter pilot's voice when she told him to rendezvous with her at Menergy was bad enough. Now she had yet another self-pitying metahuman to deal with. I am going to count to three. Oh, the hell with it. She drew her pistol and fired five swift shots around the doorknob. The wood holding the bolt shredded. Ramona gave the door a kick before Southwind could force it shut. A leather modular couch took up most of the room, which stank of sweat, smoke, and booze. Southwind reclined across the entire length of the couch, wearing nothing more than a thong. Two pale and similarly underdressed young men had cast themselves under his arms in fear. Southwind rolled his giant bulbous eyes at her. Ra, ra, very exciting. You scared my friends, you mean lady. He patted their heads. You're not going to use that big bad gun on little old me, are you? Cut the crap. I need a TK for a mission right now. So what? I quit. Or I will when Echo finds me. He considered. Which, I guess... It has now, right? No. We're at war, soldier, and you have marching orders. Forget it. Echo let Kevin die in their stupid war. They don't deserve me. Ramona locked eyes with him, a feat considering that his were the size of her hands. His transformed features did not express emotions as a normal human's face might, instead seeming to switch between serene and evil. What he truly felt was unreadable, but she could guess. Grief, rage, loneliness, resentment. Listen, mister, we're doing a snatch-and-grab on a meta that has intel on the Nazis. The people who killed your boyfriend? You want revenge? This is the place to start. She holstered the gun. You in or not? You're serious? Helicopter will be here in minutes. Without you, I'll just send it home and call it a night. So? Ramona put out a hand to him. Southwind took her proffered hand and stood, nearly smacking his head on the ceiling. His boy toys fell to the floor with yelps. Yes, ma'am, he said, with a crispness that betrayed his military past. A pile of clothes floated past her head and unfolded. Ramona had never seen clothes put themselves on before. In seconds, he was dressed in a spindly Echo uniform and giving her a snappy salute. Ready for deployment. Interstate 75 cut through the verdant Georgian landscape, blurred underneath them as the Echo copter carried them to their destination on spinning blades and roaring jets. They had passed Macon ten minutes ago. This is where we get off, Ramona shouted over the headset. We're ten clicks from the target, ma'am. The pilot jabbed a finger at the heads-up display. I can put you right on their roof. That's a negative. One perp has metahuman hearing. Southwind will take us in. She tilted her head at the giant meta hunching over in the cabin. He nodded. Head over the highway and circle it until you hear from us. With luck, easy listener will mistake you for a traffic helicopter. 
I'll lay off the jets, too. Good boy. She turned to the team. All right, folks. With the exception of Flack, none of you have worked with me before. Flack is the squad leader, but he'll be executing my orders. This is a snatch and grab against Meta Ones. These guys are not known for excessive force, but they will be frightened, so be prepared. Our target, Slick, is carrying critical intel. He must be taken alive at all cost. Pensive will make the read on the scene, which makes him mission critical as well. How do you know the intel is so important? Belladonna's question had the barest ring of impertinence. Don't second-guess the detective, Flack snapped. Shut your mouth and do your job. If we're being asked to risk our lives, I think that's a fair question. Ramona cut off Flack's angry retort. We don't know, but it's a gap in our knowledge that we have to close. Good enough? Another point, Pensive said. His wild eyebrows and graying hair gave him the air of an art film director. Should we not have more combat operatives for this mission? That's what silence for. And, she added to herself, the best she could do given the dubious response she got from Tesla when she described her hunch about Slick. She had to call in favors to get Flack and Silent Night. Southwind crouched at the helicopter door. With a flick of a finger, he opened the latch and threw it open. The roar of the blades swelled. Form up, close as you can, and I'll grab you. Close your eyes if you feel dizzy. He removed his headset and rolled out of the hatch, looking for a scary moment as though he were committing suicide. And then he floated alongside the helicopter, utterly relaxed. One spidery hand urged them forward. I hate this part, Flack muttered, before he pulled his headset off. The five clustered together, silent night hulking behind them like a pet truck. Southwind raised both hands. A million miniature hurricane winds wrapped their bodies and dragged them out of the helicopter. Ramona shut her eyes to the vertigo overwhelming her. Over the sound of the blades, she could hear Flack swearing loudly, curses that would make a sailor envious. In seconds, the helicopter peeled away from them. Southwind kept them hovering in the air until the helicopter had become a speck in the distance. Aside from the susurrus of the prevailing winds, silence enveloped them. Southwind chuckled. That's better, isn't it? You should see yourselves with your faces all screwed up. Ramona opened her eyes. The unincorporated landscape of Irwin County stretched out beneath her like a verdant woven blanket, a dramatic change from the vast sprawl of Atlanta. Kudzu clung to ancient trees, transforming them into monstrous shapes. Floating in the sky, she was reminded of her time as a child when she had taken a hot air balloon ride at a state fair, and the world had seemed vast beyond comprehension. The certainty of that vastness struck her now. Silent Knight, who, true to his moniker, had been virtually silent for the entire trip, surprised her by speaking first, though the words seemed out of place in his computerized voice. A lovely sight. Damn Skippy. Flack pointed towards the destination. They may have spotters. Can you take us in low? You got it. The view won't be as pretty. Uh, close your eyes again. Trust me on this one. He dropped from view. Ramona squeezed her eyes shut as they began a freefall. Her stomach lurched and panic rose inside her. 
she clawed the air. As quickly as it started, the descent ended in a gentle slope. The ground was a mere five feet below. Sorry, Southwind said, but we're under radar now. Force built up behind them. Once they began a horizontal vector, genuine metahuman fight was actually rather relaxing. Southwind deliberately steered them towards the tree line to take advantage of cover. Ramona forced herself to gather her thoughts about this mission. She checked her watch. 5.45 p.m. Slick would be on site for another 15 minutes. She asked Southwind for an ETA. Five minutes, ma'am. His exaggerated features were screwed up in concentration. Given that he was working hard to keep them from slamming into obstructions, she decided not to pester him. She addressed the others. We're going to deploy without any chatter, so listen up. Slick is going to bolt when he gets wind of us. Southwind's job will be to lock him down. He's the only one who can hold on to him. Flack and Knight will run interference. Pensive will remain outside until the area is secure. I'll do the talking. What about me? Belladonna asked. You're the DCO, Ramona frowned. Listen, Blue, no trouble from you, please. Just watch our backs. She'll keep it tight, Flack said. We've been over this already. Trust me. Belladonna glowered, but remained silent. They emerged from the grove of trees. A tattered Texaco sign stood sentry over a concrete box labeled Country Store. A flickering fluorescent light bespoke of electricity in spite of the store's ramshackle appearance. Ramona held up a hand for Southwind to reduce their velocity. Good old reliable Georgia mud, Ramona thought. Parallel tracks led away from the door. She pointed them out, and Southwind followed them at a slower pace along the overgrown gravel road. Along the road, the kudzu had reclaimed empty homesteads. It crawled up rotting fences, peered out from broken windows, reached up through holes in the roofs. The derelict houses seemed smaller in death than houses with human inhabitants. Birds raced in and out of doorways, the last occupants. Ogerfield had never been more than a bud blooming at the side of a country road, and when Interstate 75 rerouted rural traffic, there was no reason to remain in Ogerfield. Yet the country store was still in sporadic use. Ramona had a guess who was the primary customer. Abruptly, Southwind halted them. A wing of a dilapidated antebellum mansion peeked out from behind looming stands of hydrangea. Time had weathered the walls and columns, leaving only a few dirty shreds of white paint to mottle the gray, water-stained wood. A rusting tractor stood watch by the driveway. Ramona waved them on. Silent before the air they displaced, they entered the yard. At once the raucous sound of howling and scrabbling startled them. Guns swung around to find a target in a chicken, loose in the yard and surprised by the floating visitors. It squawked past them in a rage. Pensive pointed to the house and held up four fingers. He folded all but one and nodded meaningfully. Southwind let them down in the yard. Her watch read 5.55 p.m. Ramona put a finger to her lips and gave a single nod. Southwind guided them towards the double doors of the front porch. They glided over the stairs and a makeshift ramp like ghosts. Inside, angry voices volleyed back and forth. 
Invisible hands swung the doors open before them with a woody groan. The interior of the house, while not fully restored, had been cleared of dirt and grime. The voices echoed out to the lobby from the dining room. Southwind floated them over to the buckling hardwood floorboards to a clear view of the occupants seated at a table. Ramona's heart raced. Walter Slick stood with his back to them, hands gesticulating wildly. An elderly gaunt man in a jacket and tie sat across the table in a wheelchair and winced at the volume of Slick's voice. A slender blonde man in a dirty hooded sweatshirt ignored them both and picked at his food, but the thick-armed, bare-chested man in overalls glared in anger at Slick. Twinkletoes and Musclehead, she realized, and Easy Listener was in worse shape than she had expected. Ramona cleared her throat. Excuse me, folks. Need a word with your slippery friend here. Slick whirled around. His skin oil had been flowing freely over his face and neck, as if he were a mechanic bungling an oil change. Oh, hell no, he said. Her feet touched the floor, making it easier to aim her sidearm. Oh, yes. Thanks for distracting your host for us, Mr. Slick. I trust you can guess who we are. Body tensing, Slick scanned the room for a bolt hole. Southwind raised a hand, and the shutters of the windows clattered shut. Area secure, ma'am. His smirk twisted his thin features disturbingly. The old man scooted back his wheelchair. Miss, please, lower your gun. No one wants any violence here. Walter was just leaving. Damn right, Slick said. And you ain't gonna stop me. Ramona grinned at him. Not me, Walter. Meet my friend Southwind here. With a howl, Musclehead launched the entire table at them. At her. She reflexively threw up her arms. Silent Knight stepped in front of her, palms outstretched. Musclehead's howl, and every voice heard in the last two minutes, played back as a tight beam amplified and focused sonic burst. She had never been so close to Silent Knight in action. It was tantamount to unleashing a hundred thunderstorms in a small room, and she blanked out momentarily. The table exploded into splinters. Easy Listener fell out of his wheelchair, covering his ears and wailing. Twinkletoes appeared over Ramona in a blur, her sidearm now in his hand. As rapid as a machine gun, he emptied the clip into Silent Night. Most of the caseless rounds ricocheted off the metal and nano-weave. She had not loaded armor-piercing bullets. Yet the impact staggered Silent Night, and blood sprayed out from his stomach. Twinkletoes stared at the crumbling giant in shock. It was obvious that he hadn't been in a fight for years. Ramona, on the other hand, had been so keyed up in anticipation of this confrontation that she was ready to act. She wrapped her arms around the metahuman's legs and put all her weight against his knees. He tumbled to the floor with a yelp. Stop, please! Easy Listener's anguished plea went unheeded. Flack had pinned Musclehead's arms behind him and held tight as the strong man bucked like a bronco. Twinkletoes raised the empty gun to pistol-whip Ramona. In his hands, even an unloaded gun became a deadly weapon. Ramona blanched. Yet the gun leapt out of his hands and bounced off the ceiling. Southwind had nearly dropped Slick from mid-air so that he could turn his attention to protecting Ramona. She pulled handcuffs from her jacket and slapped one on Twinkletoes' ankle. "'Hey!' he protested, 
but before he could squirm out from under her weight, for which she promised never to regret again, she cuffed his other ankle. She rolled off his legs and caught her breath. Her cell phone rang. What lousy timing, Ramona thought. She struggled to her feet, ears ringing, and scanned the room. Slick floated in the middle of the room under Southwind's control. Flack had musclehead in a half-Nelson and grunted under the strain of keeping him still. Easy Listener had curled up into a ball, blood seeping from his ears. Twinkletoes clawed at the handcuffs preventing him from using his speed to escape. Belladonna crouched by Silent Night's prone form. Her hands moved over the ragged, bloody holes in his nanoweave shirt. Ramona leaned in. How is he? I can handle it, the blue girl snapped without taking her eyes from Knight. Ramona exhaled in relief. The moment of terror and violence had ended in relative success. Her desperate curiosity about Eisenthal's final words came back in delicious anticipation of gratification. She even smiled. Hot damn. Now we can get started. Slick flailed his arms as Southwind held him fast, three feet above the floor. He glared at Ramona with undisguised hatred. A faint scent of oil wicked off him, spread by the displaced air from Southwind's telekinesis. Walter, Walter, Walter. Ramona tapped her cheek with her gun. Whatever are we going to do with you? I ain't going back to lockup, he said. That's up to Southwind, honey, and his magic fingers. But if you cooperate with us, I can ask for your sentence to be reduced. Bull. Hey, I'm not the criminal here. You make me an offer. Why shouldn't we throw you back in a hole? Oily liquid formed patterns over Slick's blunt features. His eyes narrowed. What do you want from me? Information, Walter. You're a witness to the murder of Heinrich Eisenhower. Eisenfaust. His last words were addressed to you. Yeah. So? Lots of killing that day. Hell, I thought they killed you. Which explains why you're so happy to see me again, Walter. What did Eisenfaust say? Let me down first. I ain't no animal. Ramona snorted. Not according to your dossier. Spill the beans. Now. Or I get the scion to scrape out your skull, and believe me, that is unpleasant. Walter Slick glanced around nervously. A long moment passed... Then her phone rang. Again. She hit the ignore key. I'm a popular girl, Walter. Start talking while I still feel generous. See, the thing is... He sighed. I kind of forgot what he said. Her jaw dropped. You forgot? There was a lot going on, lady. I was sure them Nazis were spitting to kill me. All I could think about was how I was going to get out of there alive. Flat coughed. Doesn't that just figure? Night's down and it's all for nothing. Ramona rubbed her scalp. Not for nothing. Pensive can dig through and get those memories. Just takes time. Slick cringed. I'm gonna get scraped. Yep. If you ask nice, he'll cuddle you afterwards. 
The phone rang again. She ignored it and instead flicked on her echo comm unit. Pensive, we're ready for you. Ramona crossed the room to where Easy Listener sobbed on the floor. The metahuman's enhanced hearing made him utterly vulnerable to the shockwave-generating armor of Silent Night. A pang of guilt rose up in her. It's all right. She got an arm under him and propped him up. He gripped her like a frightened child. It's all over now. The clanging of her cell sent a fresh wave of quivers through the crippled old man. She dug it out of her jacket pocket to silence it, and blinked. The number was familiar. Terribly familiar. We just wanted to be left alone, Easy Listener whimpered. We wouldn't hurt anyone. You didn't have to bring an army. Army? Just us, old-timer. He shook his head. So, so many troops to arrest an old man. It's not fair. I told you, there's only... Ramona stopped. There was something horribly wrong. Why hadn't Pensive confirmed her orders? And the persistent caller who kept calling back, avoiding voicemail. She gasped and flipped the cell phone open to answer. Benjamin? There was nothing neutral about Benjamin Franklin Hotline's voice. I told you to be there before six. We were. Slick's right here under arrest. Ramona. He spoke her name with disturbing urgency. That wasn't the reason. He paused. You're not my only client. What do you mean? I... Get out of there, right now. I can't tell you more without violating client confidentiality. Ramona looked up at the tableau of the secured metacrooks and the wounded silent knight. Who's out there, Benjamin? Just go. Use the back door. The line went dead. Damn. The calm line was silent as well, hissing like it had on the day of the invasion. Flack gave her a concerned look over Musclehead's shoulder. What's wrong? Not sure. She turned to Easy Listener. What do you hear? Ringing. He shook his head to clear it. And footsteps. Dozens. An engine, unfamiliar. Someone being strangled. Guns. Raffles. Machines. Easy Listener paled further. They're not Echo. Are they? No, Ramona said. I don't think so. They're speaking. It's German. I can't understand what they're saying. I can guess. She retrieved her sidearm and slapped in a fresh cartridge. We're already acquainted. Southwind gave a laugh. Speak of the devil. I was in the mood for some payback. What should I do with Mr. Exxon Valdez here? Put me down, Slick snarled. Hold on to him. That intel is still a primary objective. But Southwind shook his head. Can't do that and defend you. Easy Listener had climbed back into his chair. 
they're advancing. They're on my porch. Oh, Lord, protect us. Think, Ramona, think. She bit her lip. The Nazis had the building surrounded. Benjamin Franklin Hotline told her to use the back door. Was it too late? Ramona knelt by Silent Night and Belladonna. Can he move? Not really, the healer said. Not without support, which would require flak or south wind. Then we leave him. The words sounded foreign as soon as she spoke them. To cover our retreat. Retreat? Flack had released Musclehead, who rubbed his arms. You're joking, right? No. Think of this as a football game with slick as the ball. Our team's goal is to get him to safety no matter what it takes. We should stand and fight, Belladonna said. Damn straight, Flack said. We got the firepower. I want blood. They have to pay, Southwind said. Ramona stood and faced them all. Her spine tingled. No. I give the orders. We run. Now. A buzz issued from Silent Night Speaker Grill. Orders confirmed. I will provide covering fire. The mechanical quality of the synthesized voice did not hide the finality in the statement. Commence retreat at Detective Ferrari's command. Belladonna clenched her fists. This isn't right. My patient. The building shuddered from an impact on the roof. Plaster dust shook down from the ceiling. No more time. Let's go. What about these clowns? Flack gestured at Musclehead and the cuffed Twinkletoes, who still sat with his legs outstretched. Ramona aimed her gun and fired two rounds. Twinkletoes flinched. The bullets shattered the chain of the handcuffs. Evacuate them. Southwind keeps Slick secure. Ain't no more need for that, Slick said. Ramona ignored him. Which way to the back door? Twinkletoes was on his feet and standing at the far door in an instant. Over here. Carry the old man as far as you can when we break through their lines, Ramona told him. Southwind raised his hand. Wait a second, ma'am. I can fly us out of here in a snap. And when a stray shot hits you, we drop out of the sky and splat. No. We need to move on our own feet. Easy Listener cried out and covered his head. Ramona jerked around to watch him. What had he heard? Down! Flack shouted. The ceiling over the old men and Twinkletoes collapsed. Beams slammed into the floor, drywall fell in sheets, released from decades of failing support. A metallic bird-like claw the size of a man forced its way through the rubble and grasped the metahuman speedster. Talons the length of a man's arm pierced his chest. He died without being able to scream. The wall nearest Ramona caved inwards. A huge, gleaming metal shape wedged through the opening, weaving from side to side. Though the lines were stylized and sleek, there was no question that the shape took the form of an eagle's head. Its wicked beak snapped as it sized up the occupants of the room. Between its eyes, bulbous glass orbs that shone with the vile orange light of the Nazis' machines. A swastika stood out in relief. The robotic eagle fixed both eyes on Slick. 
The Echo metahumans wasted no time. Flack leapt forward to throw his arms around the eagle's head. The eagle dashed him against the floor and the ceiling, but Flack's skin had the tensile strength of steel, and the thrashing took far more toll on the house. The eagle plunged into the room and headed straight for Slick, still suspended in the air. Belladonna seized Ramona's arm. Let's go! Let's go! They ran across the center of the room, ducking as the second airborne eagle tore through the rest of the ceiling with a blood-curdling half-organic hunting call. Its wingtips battered the rafters. Anti-gravity engines glowed orange along the length of its pinions. Ramona swerved to avoid the buffeting wing and stumbled. A claw, already coated with Twinkletoes' blood, reached out for her. Thunder resounded in the room. Silent Knight's armor had been absorbing all the sound in the room to convert it to concussive energy. The cacophony from the destruction of the ceiling gave him a spike in power, and he released it at the eagle. Shards of metal feathers exploded from its chest, showering Ramona. Instinctively, she covered her head with her arms, but with only a nano-weave vest to protect her, the shrapnel tore through her jacket and into her arms. Belladonna dragged her to the wall, just under the shuttered window. With an expert swift movements, she tore open the seams of Ramona's sleeves to reveal bloody flesh. Belladonna plucked out the largest of the fragments as Ramona gasped in pain. Then warmth flooded from the healer's fingers into Ramona's arms. "'Good Lord,' she said. "'Where have you been all my life?' "'Can you move your arms?' "'I think so.' Slick's cries cut through the cacophony of collapsing ceilings. The eagle dragged Flack along as it snapped at Slick as though he were bait hanging from a hook. Southwind yanked him back and forth to keep him from being sliced in half. The blue girl's face was resolute. "'That thing is going to kill our target.' You were right about the intel. Ramona shook her head, dislodging tears of pain. That was all talk. I never meant for anyone to die just so I could question him. Belladonna grabbed her arm. We can't second-guess ourselves. Listen, I can read minds, too. Maybe not as well as pensive, but I can do it if I can get a hand on Slick. It's not my job as DCO. I know. But do we have a choice? Belladonna's eyes pleaded with her. Give me a chance. A rapid-fire popping, followed by the whine of bullets, increased the noise level of the room. Holes appeared in the wall and the window shutters, allowing the sunlight to shine narrow beams through the dust and smoke. Ramona and Belladonna flattened themselves on the ground. Slick was now a sitting duck. It's now or never, Belladonna shouted. Ramona reloaded her sidearm. Go! Go! Belladonna bunched her legs under her and ran forward like a dog, using her hands to keep her balance as she hunched over to avoid the volley of bullets from outside. Where the bullets hit the wall, they kicked up dust and splinters. Where they hit the eagles, they ricocheted into the floor, or into the occupants. She saw Easy Listener jerking from multiple impacts. Ramona squeezed the trigger, sending armor-piercing caseless rounds into the tail of the eagle blocking Belladonna's way. The eagle spun, wings sweeping the floor, forcing Belladonna to leap into the air to avoid a devastating swat. A bullet caught her in the thigh. Flipping end over end, she clattered to the floor in a tangle of blue and black. Damn it! Ramona kept firing at the eagle as it advanced on her. The beak opened as if to shriek, and a gun barrel poked out and glowed a wicked azure. The back door. 
Ramona was close to it. She drove into the opening as the familiar and teeth-grating whine of the Nazi force beam presaged a blue eruption of energy. The wall where she had been exploded outwards. The robotic eagle's beak clacked, and the gun revved up for another blast. She got a glimpse of what lurked behind her in the yard. Two dozen men in red and black uniforms, octopoid white-faced gas mast, and coal-black sloping helmets. They fired their rifles into the side of the house. There was nowhere to go. The eagle zoomed in on her and opened its beak to expose the energy cannon. Desperate, Ramona fired the blue glow, pulled the trigger over and over as fast as she could. The bullets embedded themselves in the eagle's beak, but for the few that found their way right down the muzzle of the cannon. In a flash of blue light, the eagle's head swelled and burst. The joints holding the wings aloft weakened. Losing coherence like a house of cards, it crumbled into the floor with a titanic crash. Ramona saw Belladonna's head peek over the debris. She was crawling towards Slick. Ramona tried to move in her direction, but the eagle's energy bolt had opened a hole in the wall that gave the assembled soldiers out front a clear view of the room. Bullets raked across the floor in exploratory patterns between Ramona and her comrades. She tried to make herself as small as possible and reloaded her gun with her last clip of armor-piercing rounds. Flack and muscle had pounded on the remaining eagle. Foot soldiers clustered in from the back door. Those in the vanguard took shots at the two strongmen. The bullets bounced off Flack's invulnerable hide, but Musclehead had no such protection. He cried out as the rounds embedded themselves in his meaty side. The eagle reared up and lunged at him. Caught off guard, he could not dodge the razor-sharp metal beak. It sliced into his shoulder and arm and hauled him into the air. Flack beat uselessly on the robot's neck. In all this chaos, Southwind still held fast to Slick. His huge black eyes flicked back and forth from target to target. Ramona knew his powers were curtailed by her orders. Meanwhile, as he kept Slick from harm, he also kept him out of Belladonna's reach. The jackboots of the Nazis resounded on the aging wooden floor around the corner. Ramona reached out with her sidearm and fired blindly. The foot soldiers' cries of surprise and pain were muffled by their gas masks. Those behind her targets returned fire, chewing holes in the drywall as she ducked aside. The wreckage of the robotic eagle rose into the air. Ramona cursed, appalled. A sick feeling welled up in her stomach. She was going to die. But the eagle had not come back to life. Indeed, it was headless. Instead, it floated towards Belladonna and Slick. Ramona felt a tug on her leg. An invisible pull horrifically dragged her out towards the corner of the room, into the line of fire. Ray, no! Gunfire ripped up the floor a yard from her foot. She dropped her sidearm to scrabble at the floorboards, but the force was implacable, irresistible. A low sound rumbled inside her, gained power, roared into life. The sound was all-encompassing, overwhelming. Silent night had stood, hands extended, and broadcast a shockwave into the air of the room itself. Bullets lost their trajectories and skidded across the floor, harmless. Southwind's pull on her increased. She slid under the eagle and rose up until she floated aside Slick and Belladonna. A shadow passed over them. The headless eagle enfolded them in its wings. The space it created was no larger than the back seat of a sedan, so Slick's effluvia and Belladonna's blood smeared them all. 
Belladonna, however, ignored her wound and wrapped her hands around Slick. He struggled against her until his eyes rolled into his head. Go get him, Ramona whispered. Belladonna's hands roved over his face, almost in an intimate embrace until one of her hands slipped off Slick's coating entirely. She kept her pressure light, maintaining contact without gripping. Her face screwed up in concentration and her eyes shut tight. He's fighting me, she shouted over the roar. It's not on his surface level either. He really wasn't paying attention. He's expendable. Do what you have to. Belladonna cracked her neck, took a deep breath, and bowed her head. Slick began to jerk as if he had touched a power line. A high-pitched, inhuman wail rose up from his throat. Come on, you son of a bitch. Belladonna's entire body had tensed up. Jesus Christ! What? The healer shook her head as if to clear it. He's... I got it. By God, I got it! As if on cue, Southwind released his hold on Slick, and the metahuman's limp form dropped out of their telekinetically sustained shelter. Silent Knight and Flack took his place. The blood that Belladonna had shed was suspended in tiny red globules. The wings of the robot eagle constricted, and the tail as well, shutting out the light. The four of them pressed together as Southwind released them in order to compress the eagle into a hollow ball of impenetrable metal. The patter of bullets resumed. The soldiers were firing at the former robot eagle. Belladonna swooned. Her blue skin had gone pale. What's he doing? Something big. Hang on. Flack enveloped Ramona in his arms, silent night the same for Belladonna. The ball fell to the floor, then lurched over as a deafening ripping sound enveloped them. The interior of their makeshift shelter was hardly smoothed. The metal feathers jabbed at them as they bounced on the inside, like an amusement park ride designed by a sadist. Ramona pressed her head into Flack's chest and let his back and her nano-weave vest absorb the impacts as the ball twirled through the air. For a pregnant moment, they hung in midair, not from telekinetic force, but in freefall. Then they hit the ground, hard. Flack's head smashed into the eagle's wing, and he grunted against an impact that would have split Ramona's skull open. The ball rolled to a stop against an obstruction. Flack released her. You all right? Hell of a ride. Thanks. Flack wedged his hands where the two wings met and flexed. Slowly, painfully, the metal bent, and an opening large enough for them to pass through was created. They emerged into sunlight dappled by the green leaves of the oak tree that had stopped their tumble. In the distance, crashes and gunfire resounded. Ramona shielded her eyes from the sun to get a look at the mansion once occupied by the late easy men. It was gone. And then the mansion rose into the air a full wing of it and came crashing down again. A spindly figure hovered in the air above it. Southwind, free of his obligation to protect Slick or the rest of the team. He had turned the mansion into a weapon, an immense club. Blue energy beams lashed out at him, but he was in full battle rage now, the pain of the loss of his lover channeled into unholy destruction. A blast of displaced wind washed over them. Good God, Ramona said. I had no idea he was capable of that. Flack helped Belladonna to her feet. 
He may not be. That expenditure could kill him. I don't think he cares. I hope it was worth it. Ramona met Belladonna's eyes. Well? Is it? The blue girl looked immeasurably old in that moment. What Belladonna had seen in the vile depths of Walter Slick's mind, Ramona could only guess. She put a comforting hand on the girl's arm. Belladonna hung her head. I don't know. It's... It's weird. A non-sequitur. Maybe you know more than I do. It's all we have right now. She squeezed. Thank you. All in a day's work for a DCO. Belladonna managed a wry smirk. The blades of the Echo helicopter beat the air above them. As columns of dust kicked up around them, Ramona let herself close her eyes and think about nothing at all.